Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Good morning, Connect Church. I hope you are doing well. I hope that your family is well. And I want to say this. I am so excited about what God is going to accomplish even digitally this morning. And I want to say this. Listen, I know It is not the same. I know it's not the same watching on a screen what you can be experiencing in real life here in the room. But I am thankful that you have joined us. And just be reminded, as we try to remind you every week, it won't be like this forever. It won't be like this forever. If you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians chapter 1. And as you do that, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a straw problem Yep, I said it right. Have you ever had a straw problem? Man, I tell you what, straws are an everyday part of our lives, especially when things are up and going. And uh, I tell you what, there's, there's just some problems surrounding straws. I love thinking about my brother. We've eaten many meals together. We've gone out many times together. He's the pastor at Oak City. And uh, one of my favorite things is that he always has issues with straws. I remember one time we were eating together, and most of the times we eat together, he tries to carry on a conversation. Maybe you've done this before, where you go down to get a drink, but you can't find a straw, right? And you're searching for it the whole time. Well, one time, he went down to get a drink and really didn't know where straw was, and the straw went directly into his nose, and he nearly bled to death. One of the greatest memories uh, that I can, I can harken back to. Just an incredible memory. Uh, one of the things that we love to do as a family is anytime we get a straw with a wrapper on it, doesn't matter where we are, how nice the restaurant is, doesn't matter if it's drive-through, if there's a straw, it's in the wrapper, it is free game, we are going to go with a wrapper war, okay? And so we do that as a family. Well, last year, we were sitting at Zaxby's, I had gotten everybody's food there for the family, and uh, I was settling up with the cashier, and we were at the drive-through window, and I gave everybody everybody's food to Erin, and she unknowingly to me started a rapper war. I turned around, and really this is the shot that we get. This is exactly what, this wasn't staged. I turned around, and she shot a Zaxby's a straw wrapper into my nose and has now <laughs> won every rapper fight that we've ever had. Anyway, that's exactly what happened. Let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever had this happen? One of the most frustrating things that happened with straws. You ready? When you get your drink through a drive-thru and you try to get that straw down in past all the ice and then all of a sudden you, 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 oh, you break through the styrofoam cup. Now listen, it usually doesn't happen like this. You usually don't know it. You sit your cup down in a cup holder and next thing you know you have Coca-Cola everywhere, right? My kids do this all the time. It is frustrating, straw problems that we have. I love what an old preacher by the name of Billy Sunday once said. He says this to the believer, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. I love that. If you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. And maybe, you know what, maybe that's exactly 
what's going on for so many in Christ and through so many seasons. Maybe our joy is leaking because something, someone, or some circumstance has punched a hole into our faith. You know, my prayer today is that this message will encourage you and challenge you to, by faith, hey, you ready? Let's plug the leak together. Last week, we kicked off a series of messages in the book of Philippians, verse by verse. Man, I love this study, and I want to encourage you, if you didn't catch last week's sermon, man, go on there and re-watch it, because it really sets up this entire Bible study together. And remember this, in this series of happy, the end goal of our faith is not necessarily the feeling happy, but I want to share this with you. I sure am the happiest I can be when Jesus is the very center of my joy. So if you have your Bibles, let's open them up to Philippians chapter 1. Verse by verse, we're going to begin in verse 1. And here's what the Bible says. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I want us to note there who the author of this letter is. It is a man formerly known as Saul, the great persecutor of the church, but has been saved by Jesus and in order to reach his Greek-speaking audience, now goes by the name of Paul, who is now the great church planner. And we understand he, in this very letter, he puts himself out there. He is the author. And so the question becomes, who is this Timothy guy? Now, while not a co-author, because... Later on the letter, he's referred to in third person. Timothy's an important part of this church's story. He is a young man that Paul is mentoring in ministry, but at the very same time holds a special place in the life of the Philippian church because, you see, he was instrumental in Acts chapter 16 through 18 in planning the church at Philippi. I think of Paul writing this letter. I think of his very context, Paul who was in chains, in prison, under house arrest in Rome, writing this letter to the church at Philippi. And I'm reminded that our joy is not confined to our circumstances. But I want you to note something here in verse 1. I want you to note to the very title Paul gives himself in Timothy. He says, we are servants of Christ Jesus. We are servants of Jesus as we begin to uncover the joy that is found here in the book of Philippians, it's found in Christ, here's what we begin to understand. You ready? That joy is not found in being the center of attention. Rather, joy is found when Jesus is the very center of our joy, and you and I, when you and I are servants of Christ. In fact, if you were to think of it, the very heart of all sin is finding our greatest joy in something or someone other than Jesus. I love the Greek word servant used here by Paul. It carries with it the idea of being a bond servant or a bond slave. That means this, that one is a willing slave to a master. We see that played out in Exodus chapter 21, exactly that situation. In Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 through 6, and let me read it to you. I'll take it off that picture. I know you guys want that up there the whole time. But one of the things that we find in Exodus is this. But if a slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, 
I will not go free. And in verse 6, then his master shall bring him to God. And he shall be his slave forever. With this title of servant or slave to Christ, Paul is saying this simply. You ready? That I love Jesus that Jesus is my master, I want to serve Jesus, that Jesus is mine, and I am his forever. You ready? Paul's joy was not found in being the center of attention. Rather, Jesus was the center of his joy, and he was proudly a servant of and a slave to Christ. Let me tell you what a servant doesn't say. You ready? A servant doesn't say, I will serve Jesus Love Jesus when it's convenient for me. I'll serve Jesus. I'll love Jesus when it's easy or when I have a time. A servant doesn't say, I'm going to serve Jesus but on my own terms. It is the declaration that I love Jesus. I will serve Jesus and I am his and he is mine forever. Hey, church, hear me. You ready? Like Paul and Timothy, we are proudly servants of and slaves to Christ. We don't need to be the center of attention. You know, sometimes I think about our joy leaking and what causes such a leak in our lives. And you know, most of the time, I believe our joy is leaking because you and I desire, we long to be, and we position ourselves to be the center of attention. I've heard joy described this way, and trust me, I done messed up all my, my slides here this morning, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back here. You ready? I heard joy described this way in this acrostic. You ready? For you and I had to have a joy. Here's how you gotta spell joy out in life. J for Jesus first. O for others second. And why stands for yourself, which is last. We find that in Matthew chapter 22. In the conversation of the greatest commandment, to love God really with everything and to love others as yourself. And so this is how joy is found. This is how joy is had. And this is how joy is played out. But here's the problem. Sometimes in life, you and I struggle on how to spell joy just right. Sometimes we get it like this. We put ourselves at the center of attention and maybe even others and consider Jesus last. And here's the problem. When we spell joy wrong, our joy is done leaking away. Maybe the truth is, is in our life we spell it this way. Joy is spelled by others first, ourselves second, and maybe Jesus last. You see, our joy might be leaking Because you and I are spelling joy all wrong with our lives. And maybe, just maybe, we desire to be the very center of attention instead of being the servants of the king. Let's continue on in this letter. and Let's see if I can get my slides right. Here we go. In Philippians chapter 1, continuing on in verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible says this. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, 
with the overseers and the deacons. In Titus, we find that overseers is the word for elders of the church, those who are in charge of pastoring and deacons, as we find in places like Acts chapter 6, are servant leaders who come alongside of the elders or the pastors of the church and help conduct the ministry that God has called us to. By the way, this is the model of leadership, the biblical model of leadership that we take hold of here in and at Connect Church. He says this, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this opening here of this letter because you can remember from last week that among those he writes at the church at Philippi were a seeker by the name of Lydia who was a wealthy merchant was a woman who was possessed by a demonic spirit and a suicidal jailer, by the way, and their families. These were the first believers won to Christ in Philippi in Acts chapter 16. And note how Paul describes them. Note their position before the Lord. They are not known for their past sins or failures, but they are called by Paul holy people or even better yet translated saints. The Greek word that Paul uses for holy people means this, this, those who are set apart and is translated as saints. The church at Philippi was filled with saints who were set apart by God. You know, growing up as a Catholic, saints were few and far between. They were, in a sense, the the superheroes of of the faith. Saints in the eyes of the church were a select few people who had to have special approval and go through a special process and must be voted on by church leadership. But what's amazing about even Paul's title here to the church at Philippi is that we are reminded that the only qualification for sainthood that matters is Jesus. So for everyone who finds their joy in him, whose story has been rescued, whose soul has been saved by him, by the way, you're saints. You are saints of God. If you are in Christ this morning, you are a, you are a saint. That's right. Wife, look over to that guy laying on your couch. And as hard as it is to believe, look over at your husband And see the miracle that is God's grace just laying there as hard as it is to believe. He is a saint if he is in Jesus. I know, unbelievable. I know, trust me. Now, as we continue to unpack these first few verses, I want us to begin to see that there are two places for which joy is found for Paul in his relationship to the Philippians. And here we go, you ready? The first source of his joy as he speaks and writes to the Philippians is that they were in this together. They were in this together. Look at Philippians 1 verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you, he writes them. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of what? Your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul says this, I, I pray with joy. It is clear from this letter that Paul shared a special relationship with this church. That even at the very thought of them, joy flooded his heart and his soul. You know what? I too share that type of joy with with Paul. Every time I think of Connect Church, 
Now remember, not the building, but the body. Not programs, but you, the people. And I'm going to tell you something. There's just a tender spot in my heart. There's a joy that fills my soul. And I love this as Paul begins to talk about what brings them so much joy. There's a certain word that he brings up here in the text. You ready? It's the word partnership. They were partners with him in the gospel. Now, the Greek word for partnership is koinonia, also translated as fellowship. I love what one pastor, Brian Bill, writes. He says this, this word koinonia, this word partnership, is a word that originally had commercial overtones. For instance, let's say you and I were to go out and buy a boat together to start a fishing business. We would be known as going into koinonia, into a partnership. You know, I think about that word played out in my relationship with Jesus and yours. And let me remind you that that Jesus bought us at a price, 1 Corinthians 6.20 tells us, that we are in koinonia, we are, fel- we are in fellowship, we are in partnership with him and those who name the name of Christ. You ready? And here is the work before us, the work of his kingdom that is to come. Paul would say this in verse number 7. He would say, it is right for me to feel this way about you. Because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the very gospel. From early on, we find in Scripture that the Philippians were in this with Paul. They were in this work of the gospel And as Paul was in prison, not only did they send him resources and money to help him to survive, they offered Epaphroditus to him to help support his ministry. They were all in with Paul. And this is how they shared in grace with Paul. Listen, you ready, church? The key is, is there was great joy found in partnership because they were in this together. And and I love this verse in verse number 8. Paul writes out, God can testify how I long for all of you. In verse 8, with the affections of Christ Jesus. That word affection literally means one's insides. Their internal organs. The part of the body that responds to intense motions. And it became the strongest Greek word that Paul could use to talk about his affection. His compassion, his love for the Philippians. It's reminiscent of, and it reminds us of, the love, the affection that Jesus has for us. Hey, church family, we're in this together. We are partners in the gospel together. Where the enemy seeks to isolate and divide, in Christ we unite And we forge ahead with the work of his kingdom. And part of the joy we find in Jesus is that because of Jesus, we are in this together. A second place we find Paul's joy, as he writes the Philippian church, is that Paul's joy was also found in this truth. That God is going to finish what he started. Watch this in verse number 6. The Bible says this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in 
you will bring it to completion at the very day of Christ Jesus. We'll bring it to completion. And the question comes, Paul, hey, what did God start that he's going to bring to completion? You ready? Here's the good work. Our salvation. Our rescue story. You're reminded in Scripture right all the way back in Genesis that God initiated the rescue plan at the first taste of sin in the garden. You see, it was that first taste of sin that led Jesus to drink the cup of God's wrath on the cross where, as 2 Corinthians 5.21 reminds us that he who knew no sin became sin for us. And we know how the story plays out. Jesus emptied that tomb three days later. Hey, believer, what's the good work that God is doing in your life that he's going to see it through? Here it is, you ready? That Jesus has saved you from the penalty of your sin. He is saving you from the power of your sin in your every day. And praise God one day, he will save us from the very presence of sin. And you want to know how he's working to accomplish this? You want to know how he's completing this good work he began? He does it by working in a way to make Jesus the center of our joy no matter the circumstances we face. He's not doing it by making you and I the center of attention. Let me ask you this. If your joy is leaking today, or you've gone through seasons of your life where, where your joy is just kind of leaked away, let me share with you how to stop that leak. You ready? you, you got to know, you got to trust in verse 6 that God isn't finished with you. He isn't, he's going to finish. He's going to finish what he started. Hey, are you struggling with sin in your life? God's not finished with you. Are you struggling with addiction? God's not done with you yet. Are you discouraged? Take heart. God's not finished with you. Are you feeling defeated? Hey, you ready? Take hold of the victory that is knowing that God is not done with you. Are you struggling with fear and anxiety? Oh, listen, church, God is not finished with you. Is your joy leaking be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so let's do this before we end. Let's recap. How is it that you and I move from being the center of attention to Jesus being the center of our joy? Well, here's a couple steps we can take. You ready? Number one, joy for you and me is not found in being the center of attention. Rather, it's found being servants of and slaves to Christ. Hey, you ready, church? We give over our rights to him. We love Jesus. We serve Jesus. And we know this, that you and I, we are his forever, and he is ours forever. And how is it that we stop this leaking of joy in our lives? You ready? we got to win the spelling bee on this one. we got to spell joy right with our lives. Joy is found when our joy is centered on J, Jesus. 
when you love, oh, others, and you put why yourself last. Hey, church, let's stop spelling joy wrong. Number three, takeaway. Know that we are in this together. We are partners with Christ in the gospel. You are not alone in this joy journey. And last but not least, and how is it that we stop our joy from leaking away? We remember that God is not done with you. God's going to finish what he started in my life and in yours. To close, I ran across a story once about a Russian countess who came to faith and trust in Jesus Christ after hearing the gospel. And she was passionate about her new faith and excited to share her faith with others. Well, the czar, the supreme leader, in a sense the king, was displeased with her newfound faith in Jesus. And he decided this, I'm going to teach that countess. I'm going to teach her a lesson. So he ordered her to be thrown into the worst of prisons. In prison, she spent some 24 hours with, with criminals, with the lowest level of Russian society, in the most miserable, dirty, unsafe, and scary of conditions imaginable. After 24 hours was over, he ordered her brought into his presence. And there he smiled mockingly at her. And he said these words, Well, are you ready to renounce your silly faith and come back to the pleasures of my court? And to his surprise, the Russian countess smiled peacefully and said, I have known more real joy and more real happiness in one day in prison with Jesus than I have known in a lifetime in the courts of the czar. You know, I think of that story. I think of her. And I'm reminded that our joy is not confined to our circumstance when our joy is centered in on Jesus. I don't know about you, but I would rather have the joy of Jesus even in prison than a joyous, joyless life in the palaces of this world. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.